Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Feisty, fearless and fair. Telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. to hear the news of three nine-year-olds and also three adults killed at an elementary school in the Nashville area. And to hear now the details that have been coming out in the last few hours, it is just, it it sends chills up my spine. And I can't even imagine uh, what the other classmates We're thinking how they are going to endure just the emotional trauma, uh, the loss of their classmates. Obviously, the family members who lost loved ones, our hearts go out to them. It is just an unbelievably horrifying thought about sending your child, again, to a school that has preschool all the way to sixth grade. These are young kids sending them to school and then... Three of the kids are killed in the classroom, just outside the classroom in the school area. Can you imagine this, going through this? My heart just breaks tremendously. So much for the parents, um, for everybody in that community. Apparently, it's a very, very close community there in the Nashville area. And to hear some of the horrifying details that this individual, a transgender who identifies as a woman, apparently walks into the school and shoots her way through a side door. The door was apparently locked, but shoots her way through a side door, has a map, goes in, then goes up to the second floor and sort of in a lobby area, if you will, just starts opening fire and already starts opening fire the minute that she actually gets into the school on the first floor. So there were tons of rounds that apparently went off. And it is just unconscionable that this is what's happening in America over and over again. And of course, over and over again, many politicians are politicizing it too. We're hearing from the Democrats. All they're talking about is assault weapons ban. Let's call for an assault weapons ban. Not even addressing the issue of the shooter. The fact that these individuals, often there are warning signs that are missed or warning signs and they get a slap on the wrist. Also, what about issues of hardening schools? There are so many layers to this. It's not sort of suddenly just an assault weapons ban and that's the cure-all. Technically, we have to look at Everything on the table. What can we do to protect our kids? They are our most precious resource, I think, in the world. And we have to think of ways, and every single way, everything should be discussed. What are the ways that we can solve these things? Taking guns from law-abiding citizens and not doing anything else 
how is that going to solve the problem? There has to be an honest, there has to be an open discussion. And immediately, we also heard Democrats say, well, we don't want to have our schools basically filled with security guards. We don't want to have our schools where every single door is locked and they can't feel like they can get in and out. I mean, we have to start talking realistically and ways that we can save our children. We have to look at everything should be on the table. Everything. We shouldn't spare any expense. We've got to protect our children first and foremost. Parents shouldn't have to worry when they send their kids to school that they're going to get killed at school that day. This is a horrible thing, and it's happening over and over again. And all the sides have to come together and be honest and look at ways that we can resolve this. And it's not suddenly ban assault weapons and don't do anything else. And they're also talking about taking it away from law-abiding citizens. I contend in this case, thank goodness, by the way, that the police responded so quickly. Uh, They are true heroes. It looks like even though they were not on the campus, uh, they got there. They took out the shooter within 14 minutes. That is a really fast response time. But think about had there been maybe an armed security guard. On the campus, what could have happened? How much quicker the response time could have been? What are some of the things that need to be done to keep our kids safe? We're going to be talking about that tonight. I want to hear your thoughts about all of this. It is 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. I will tell you, I am like just so unbelievably disgusted and heartbroken as I'm hearing these details about this particular case and the thought that there were kids, again, all the way basically from age four in the school all the way up to a sixth grade. And when you hear about what happened and the details and that this person plotted it, planned it, had a map, had two, they describe it as assault-type weapons, and then had a handgun, this person was loaded for bear. It is also a transgender individual, and we're hearing some details that there might be something tied to the motive related to that. So there are so many questions tonight. I want to take your calls on this. What do you think may have been the motive? Apparently, the person did go to the school at one point. Apparently, they went to another school first, by the way, in looking and plotting out their scene, and then saw a whole bunch of protection and security at that school, and then decided to go to this one instead. So you can make the argument that the schools that are more fortified or more secured seem to be preventing these things. So how does that work with the Democrats who are calling for an assault weapons ban? How do you reconcile that? It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. We have to do something. It is an elementary school. Think about it. When we were going to school, at least when I was going to school, we never had to worry about that. We never had to even think about that. And now it is becoming a common occurrence in America, and we've got to find some solutions. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. First off, here is a police spokesperson describing what happened. At 10.13 this morning, the police department received a call of an active shooter inside Covenant School, Covenant Presbyterian Church. The police department response was swift. Officers entered the first story of the school, began clearing it. 
they heard shots coming from the second level, they immediately went to the gunfire. When the officers got to the second level, they saw a shooter, a female, who was firing. The officers engaged her. She was fatally shot by responding police officers. There was a five-member team who was on the, that was on the second floor at that time. Two individuals from that five-member team opened fire on the shooter. We know at this point that this shooter is a female. Uh, she appears to be in her teens, although her identification has not been confirmed at this juncture. We know that she was armed with at least two assault-type rifles and a handgun. We are efforting now to identify her. She entered the school through a side entrance and traversed her way from the first floor to the second floor, firing multiple shots. And, of course, it turned out later that the person was a 28-year-old who had attended this school at one point and is a transgender who identifies as a woman. Again, it is a Christian school, so the police didn't rule out. And, in fact, just a few hours ago intimated that that could be part of the reason this shooting happened, that she did not like to attend a Christian school. So that could be a big bombshell in this case that took place on CNN. The police chief not that long ago making that statement. And also, as I mentioned, this shooter apparently had a map and was describing in the map some of the locations, uh, some of the entryways and access points of this school and another school. And they had basically a manifesto describing what they wanted to do. Now, a plan was to go apparently to another school, but that school, uh, basically, they believe there's some information that she didn't go to that school because she realized there was too much security around that school and then instead went to this school. So take a listen to this is the Nashville police chief describing some of the planning that went into this horrible attack. In the initial uh, investigation, we've turned it over to the FBI. We've looked over it as well. And it indicates that there was going to be uh, shootings at multiple locations, uh, and, um, and the school was one of them. There was actually a map uh, of the school detailing surveillance uh, entry points and how this was going to be carried out on this day. It is bone chilling. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina on line two. Mike, uh, what do you make of this? Um, and what do you think in terms of you're a former law enforcement, I remember, what do you think needs to happen at our schools? Well, you know what, Rita? I'm to- uh, so totally disgusted. I have a daughter. She'll be 33. Uh, she teaches middle school, Suffolk County. Okay. Uh, a month ago, I, I mentioned a good friend of mine, Mike from grammar school. Um, his daughter-in-law was six months pregnant at Sandy Hook in Connecticut. Thank God she was in the far end of the school. Uh, oh my goodness. Is, uh, wow. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, and Biden, the jellyfish, the democratic donkey. Yeah. Assault. We have to get rid of assault weapons. Did this psychotic, 
uh, mentally twisted people out there. It's been, you know, people can get guns whenever they want. It was almost, and still is, it was a southern pipeline from down here to up north. And whatever the, whatever the case is, you have to have more security. And, and this, isn't that ironic that it, this could be, you know, she was, oh, he was a transgender manifesto. Thank God they killed it, uh, whatever he or she was. Let, let and, me ask uh, you, let me ask you, Mike, do you yes. think that that had something to do with it? It sounds like police are at least considering that because they said that somehow maybe this person didn't like to go to a Christian school. I'm not sure if the other school that was in the manifesto was a Christian school or not, uh, but maybe there was something tied to faith and she didn't like Felt it was restricting her. Or, or I don't know. Do you think there's something to the connection with all of that? It's ironic you said that. Yes, I do. You know, this had to be such a traumatic experience for this person. You know, what's my sexuality? What's this? She was probably a lone, lonely person, or he was, whatever. Christian school, traumatic. I think it has a lot to do with it. You know, uh, mentally disturbed and so many other factors that can come into different scenarios. Uh, and it's happening more and more often, you know, schools. Uh, it's just, you know, I don't recognize my country anymore, Rita. You know, I don't recognize my country. Um, what do you think uh, needs to happen, we- Mike, as a law enforcement guy? What do you think needs to happen to protect our kids? Because, you know, the first answer that we heard from the Democrats today was assault weapons ban. That was like basically, and in fact, it was interesting, Mike. I was watching President Biden when he came out with his announcement. And when he came out, he specifically said something that I found actually really stunning, Mike. And it, it actually infuriated me because he first, you know, we'll get into some of the weird comments that he made first before that he talked about ice cream, which was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. But then he gets into the whole deal about the shooting, which is obviously horrible. But immediately he says, we don't want our schools to become prisons. That, that's not where we're going. Like in, other words, like, in other words, hardening schools, he made it sound, is off the table, which to me is an out stunning comment to make at a time like this. Everything should be on the table, Mike, to protect our kids. Everything. Exactly. I love playing pool. Speaking of the table, you know, rim shot, everything should be on the table. And, you know, he, he's, he's still a jellyfish open mouth and cert foot. And to, to say that, there has to be a beef up of security. I hate to say it. But, you know, when I think that my son and my daughter, you know, my son's 28 now, went to Cortland. He was a wide receiver. Same graduating ceremony as Bernie's daughter, who was a, a, a volleyball at, at Cortland, Dominic Carter's uh, school, and even Kenny. You know, uh, and whatever the case is, it's got to be beefed up because, it's it's you know it's in rural areas it's in you know cities which is a killing field with animals and everything else there's so many different different factors rita um you know anyone can get a gun but you have to beef up like you mentioned security at schools that that's you know and a lockdown in grammar school you believe this that's the climate we live in i know how sad is that and i agree with you that nothing should be off the table because nothing is more precious than our children and making sure that they're safe mike thank you we're going to continue your calls after the break everybody 1-800-848-9222 the rita cosby show on the red apple podcast network 
And the Democrats are talking assault weapons ban, and that's it. But don't think about extra security in a school, God forbid, after this horrible shooting that took place today. I contend everything should be discussed. All sides have to talk together. Common sense has to prevail. But the fact that the president immediately came out and said, no, 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 no. We don't want schools to basically look like prisons makes it sound like he only wants to take the guns away, but won't talk about recidivism, won't talk about the warning signs, and certainly won't talk about adding security guards. In this school, there were no security guards in this horrible case of eight precious uh, three nine-year-olds, rather, three adults, six total, uh, that were killed. And in fact, it's so horrible to hear these stories of these nine-year-olds, just these precious young kids that were killed by this shooter. And we're hearing that of the three adults, one was basically the head of the school. The other one was a substitute teacher. The other one was a custodian. Um, It's just, it is so heartbreaking to hear these stories. And sadly, these kind of shootings are happening very, very often. It's also, by the way, very rare uh, that you hear of a female shooter. This is a transgender who identifies as a woman, uh, listed as a female, but female shootings are extremely rare. And yet, uh, this one seems like it was planned and plotted and particularly went to a school where there was not a lot of security or any security, so it seems. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to June. Line two. June, your thoughts about this. Hi, Rita. Great seeing you at Carnegie Hall recently. That's right. That's Uh, right. It was so beautiful to see you too, June. How are you? Thank you. Well, I'm a teacher, but I I also want to see a return of the death penalty and um, metal detectors on all schools and houses of worship. And um, I'll tell you a quick thing. I was in Spain when I was younger, you know, with my friends after college. And we asked the hotel manager, could we walk safely through the streets when we come home from a restaurant? He said, sure, you could walk all all over the place. Nobody will touch you because General, Generalissimo Franco will have them killed. Wow. And wow. But, no, but they no were crime. afraid. They were afraid is your point. There was no crime. Right. And and in and in Middle Eastern countries, if you stole, they used to cut off your hand in ancient times. But today they still cut off a few of your fingers. You know, it's an interesting point. Um, and June, I'm, I'm so glad to reconnect with you, too. You are terrific. Um, and I always love seeing you. It was really beautiful to see you at that important event, too. Um, as you're talking about with your great background as a teacher, Obviously, we don't want to live in a world where they're saying, "Okay, uh, you do this, we're going to cut off a finger like some of those other countries. But I hear what you're saying. Your point is actually, I think it's very spot on in some ways that they have to be worried that there are repercussions, Um, whether even I would even take just throw them in jail. I mean, have them throw away the, you know, and, and throw away the key. Um, or when maybe I was a kid, we had the death penalty. Yeah, and by the and by the way, I'm not opposed to the death penalty either, June. Just so you understand, I think that there are cases. In this case, is obviously horrible. What what happened here? I absolutely agree with you. Um, but there needs to be a fear 
of a that a perpetrator is afraid to do something because if they get caught, this is what will happen. And you're right. They don't have that anymore. They see a equal, you know, a light justice system, a revolving door. And you're right. They are not afraid of the repercussions They're not. And you're right. In so many of these countries where they have tough laws. Well, guess what? People are afraid to commit crimes. And maybe there's something we can learn overall from that. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, I want to give a shout out to the law enforcement in Nashville, Tennessee, because we heard today, of course, about this horrible shooting, which we've been talking about on the show. Well, law enforcement first got a 911 call at 1013 this morning, and it was a call saying that there's an active shooter in the school. Please hurry up and get to the school. Well, guess what? The police got there, ran from the bottom floor, which is where they entered. They heard gunshots going on upstairs in a lobby area on the second floor, rushed up two of a five-person team arrived on scene and two of them rushed up immediately to take out the shooter and did so immediately saw the female shooter there locked and loaded and firing on people and immediately killed the shooter taking 14 minutes from when they got the first 911 call to when the shooter was killed by law enforcement that is actually a very quick response team, because remember, they were not on the campus at the time, but responded immediately and are said to have been fearless when they got to the scene. As soon as they heard that there was a shooting, they ran right towards the shooter, knowing the shooter was heavily armed and opening fire and yet doing so to protect our children, the precious kids at that school. You think about had law enforcement not charged, had they not gotten there so quickly, how much worse the devastation could have been today. But thank goodness for our great men and women in blue. And I want to give a big shout out to the Nashville Police Department because for them to run in knowing the bullets were flying, obviously that is what they're paid to do. But you have to have guts of steel to run towards a shooter and take out the shooter, knowing very well you yourself could be shot and killed. Luckily, in this case, the shooter was taken out immediately. And thank goodness again for our great men and women in blue. They were heroes today and they're heroes to us every single day here on The Rita Cosby Show. Well, we are talking about some of the details of this terrible shooting. Three children, nine years old, and three adults who were killed at this grade school. It was the Covenant Christian School in the Greens Hill neighborhood of Nashville. And this individual, as I mentioned, it was a transgender who identifies as a woman. And immediately we heard from the President of the United States talking about gun control. In fact, It was a very bizarre thing, and I'm going to talk about this later because I want to focus on the school, because he opened up with the weirdest statement I have ever, ever heard a president on such a horrible, just sad, tragic day. Um, And we're going to talk about that later because I find it distracting, but I also think it's important that it was just so ill-timed. But then he gets to the point 
about the school shooting. And when he talks about the school shooting within immediately, within like a minute of the, you know, of him talking about the topic, he gets into his political spin about assault weapons. Take a listen. This is what President Biden said just a few hours ago, soon after the shooting took place. A shooter in this situation reportedly had two assault weapons and a pistol, two AK-47. So I call on Congress again to pass my assault weapons ban. It's about time that we begin to make some more progress. It's about time that we begin to make more progress. Actually, I want to play cut number four now. Here's a little bit more about what President Biden had to say when he was talking about the shooting. This is cut number four. This is Biden. You know, uh, Ben and I have been doing this our whole careers, it seems. And uh, it's just, uh, it's sick. You know, we're still gathering the facts of what happened and why. And we do know that as of now, there are a number of people who are not going to, did not make it, including children. It's heartbreaking, uh, a family's worst nightmare. And I want to commend the police who responded incredibly swiftly, within minutes, and the danger. We're monitoring the situation really closely, Ben, as you know. And here is a little bit more about what the president had to say. We have to do more to stop gun violence. It's ripping our communities apart, ripping the soul of this nation, ripping at the very soul of the nation. And we, we have to do more to protect our schools so they aren't turned into prisons. There you have it. We have to do more to protect our schools so they don't turn into prisons. I found that a very odd statement at a time where the focus is on the horrible ordeal that happened at the schools. He's talking about assault weapons ban, but then basically don't think about hardening our schools and adding security to schools. Are you kidding me? How out of touch is our president? Well, take a listen. Here is Rudy Giuliani, who was with me and John Katsimatidis earlier today, talking about how gun control misses the mark. Gun control does not control the behavior of criminals or madmen. They're not controllable. Just by the very definition of the word gun control, these, these people are uncontrollable. They don't follow rules. So why would you expect that if you had all these rules, they would follow it? We have a lot of rules. We have a lot of gun control. And it doesn't do a damn thing right? for criminals. It, it, it affects the behavior of legitimate people. But it doesn't affect the behavior of criminals. Very interesting point, because there are a lot of gun control pieces of legislation. Look in New York State and some of the other states. And yet the bad guys will seem to always get the guns. Obviously, there are a lot of layers to it. You don't want somebody who is reckless to have a gun. There's no question about that. Uh, families have to do more. Schools have to do more. People have to do more reporting. Uh, on the other hand, we also have to look at prevention, too, and what can schools do? And to say that schools basically shouldn't be hardened, how out of touch are you, Mr. President? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ, line six. BJ, your thoughts about this? Yeah, uh, well, um, such a somber topic. Thanks for having me, Rita. I'll Absolutely. say what uh, Joe, Joe Biden should have said. I, I pray 
for the healing and the peace of the people who lost lives. And uh, I know their angels are in heaven now. And um, I'm so sorry. I, I hate look. I hate these stories. I hate hearing about this. Me too. These are all avoidable. They're all avoidable. And you know, this is a constant bugaboo of the of the uh, of the teachers union run by the Democrat Party. You know, the, so it it doesn't it doesn't phase me in the least that he would say this that we don't want to turn our schools into prisons. You ever notice how these folks they have armed security, they have SUVs. They don't they, these types of tragedies never befall any of their loved ones. You know, because they're 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 all set. You know, they're elites. They live uh, in ivory towers. But the rest of us, anytime something happens, we get uh, punished and blamed. You know, let's blame the gun. Take the guns away from the law-abiding citizens. You have a gas crunch. Well, that's because you're driving around too much. You you have a, you have problems in, in in the supermarket. Well, that's because you eat too much. You need to buy less. I remember even as a kid, President Carter, we had this uh, a heating thing. He gave us a state of the uh, uh, some type of a, a speech on TV. He said, "Well, I, I know the the heating oil is very high. You need to turn the." Uh, you need to turn the. Uh, you need to wear a sweater, and you need to keep the, the thermostat at 68 degrees. So this is what they do. Rather than face the problem and deal with the problem, the problem is we live in a very free-floating society where ill people can do evil things. And, and, we and need let to me ask you though, BJ, why is that happening? Why do you think, BJ, we're seeing more of these cases like this? Why is that? Oh, I have a, there's a number of reasons. Uh, we, we let our children now, our, our children are raised by machines, and uh, that's the biggest reason. Uh, these things always have occurred in history, but we have our children that are, we, we have a generation of children that we don't know how to say no to. Anything they want, they get. Uh, anything they get their hands on, they get anything. And, and the the uh, the digital age has infected their minds and has them believing that they're sick, has them believing that they're they're the wrong sex, has them believing uh, that they don't know the difference between a man and a woman, that there's all bunches of sexes uh, and all of this crazy. And, and it goes unchecked. It goes unchallenged. No one stands up. No, See, this is what we need. We need parents to turn around and, and not be afraid to tell their children the truth, not be afraid to, say, to rip the toy out of their hand and say, no, no, you don't, get to, you don't get to watch anything that goes on the net. We don't have that. I had that as a kid. All you need is one parent, one, of, one adult figure to turn around and to tell you the truth in your life, and you'll, ha- you'll, ha- you'll, you'll have a good life if you listen to them. Yeah, well, yeah but, but, you, you, but by the way, you bring up the key there, Norm. It is good. It's good BJ. values. Yeah, it's good. I'm sorry, BJ. Forgive me, BJ. You're right. I'm looking at Norm, who called in just a second ago. Uh, um, but BJ, you're right. Um, to me, it is the mentor at the home. Good values, teaching the teaching them right from wrong, just as you said. And if they do wrong, letting them know that is indeed wrong. I mean, there are so many layers to this. Oh um, yeah. That. Oh yeah. And, and also, I we haven't heard yet. The background of this individual, obviously, we know that it was a transgender. Um, we know that, that they attended this school. No, I know. That's why I'm saying it. That's why I'm bringing it up. We don't know the whole story in terms of um, was there some issue? Like we, we heard in the case of where was it? one of the recent shootings, sadly, in Uvalde. Remember, the kid had all these problems. It was like the writing was on the wall. And, you know, and in some cases, the police even went out and 
basically they arrested him or the parents didn't want something or the grandparents didn't want intervention. You know, so we don't know yet. Was there a huge mental issue in the case of this individual? Um, I would deem that there probably was something that it's not like somebody just suddenly snaps and says, here, I'm going to do this. There probably was. And we'll see where that goes. BJ, thank you. Thank you for your patience, too, very much. Thank you. And let's go to Norm, since I said his name there. Norm, go ahead, my friend. Hi, Rita. You can see how much Uh, I love you and BJ. I'm thinking of you. There you go. (laughs) It's okay. You can call me BJ. I love him. Don't worry about it. I love you both. I agree. Uh, okay. Uh, first of all, the solution. Uh, the solution is armed security guards in schools. They have them even in uh, my old high school, Canarsie High School. I don't know it's called something else today, but uh, they have the they have the NYPD there. These things don't happen in New York City because we're aware of that and we're on it. So that's that's that. Um, that's the first. That that's just that's a solution. And and the Democrats uh, are not going to get serious on that. Everything is screwing around. They're not getting to the heart of the issue. And that's that's my thoughts on that. The second thing is, is that this person was not a female. They were a biological male who identified with being a female, which is fine. But in my opinion, that's a pathology. And if you are experiencing a pathology, perhaps you shouldn't have a firearm. Um, it, it, uh, that's let me ask you a question, and I, you know, I, I mean this with love. Was this person was this person also a minority? No, they were. Uh, they've been identified oh, okay, as a okay. as a white woman at first, and then uh, obviously a transgender who identifies as a woman later. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org right so the situation is um well that that's sort of an ennobled individual uh the left is not going to go totally crazy over this because it's a transgender person uh discriminated uh by the way norm Um, how sad is that if that is indeed the case they need to treat everything equally because we need to figure out what's going on here you know i mean we got to protect our kids Completely. Look, there's look. Uh, there's 350 million guns in uh, Americans' hands. Okay, um, right now, and if they banned all firearms completely, from a flintlock all the way up to a machine gun today, uh, it's still not going to stop this. Okay, the only way to stop this is armed security in schools. That's it. it. It works in Israel. It works in New York City. And it. we have to get serious about this. And everything else is just uh, is playing with this issue. And that's it. And, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, that's my thoughts on that. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, the next uh, administration will deal with that. But this president... But how, how sad is, is that, Norm? Ser- how sad is that Very that, sad. that you're sitting there saying, and guess what? I think you are spot on in the fact that Biden today, uh, right when he comes out about assault weapons, then basically says schools, we can't make our schools like prisons. Like, And he already signaled 
uh, that he is not interested in going into hardening schools and talking about armed guards in schools, that that he basically said that's not even on the table, which to me uh, just shows that he is so clueless about solving this problem that he won't even look at that as an area. And this case today almost basically reinforces just what you said about armed guards in school when you just started the call norm, um, because he purposely, uh, we are hearing, this is, I'm talking about the police chief, came out, and he said, listen, right away, there was one school that the shooter was going to go to. The shooter didn't go there because there was more security there, that they had information clearly that the shooter turned away from one school. It'll be interesting to find out, did they go to the school? Uh, was it in the manifesto? We'll figure that out. But what it's saying is that school security worked at the first school. And think about had there been an armed guard standing outside this Covenant Elementary School today, this shooter probably, hopefully, would have been taken out within seconds. And that reinforces your point. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. So what do we need to protect our kids, sadly, after this horrible shooting? Yet another one at a school, and this one a school for kids in pre-K. That means they were as young as four years old, all the way up to sixth grade. And even though, in this case, by the way, the doors were locked, but they said that the shooter actually shot open, basically like, you know, shot through the door. Um, There was a door that was locked. It was a side door, but opened fire on a door and was able to get inside that way. There was no security guard, though, however, on the scene. And apparently no security resource officer who's sort of in charge of overseeing everything, too, as well. So don't we need to harden our schools to protect our kids? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Hal in Delaware on line four. Hal, your thoughts? Yeah, I I didn't catch that part uh, in the report about the uh, doors being locked and uh, that the um, uh, shooter actually shot the door open. But the thing of it is, here in Delaware, we do have police present in the uh, school all the time, and uh, the doors are locked, so the, they have to ring, you know, to get in in order to have a visit. But the thing of it is that uh, that they uh, should have is. Uh, is that all the time in in the whole fifty states? And another thing, I really should propose that I propose is that you know that the uh, background checks should be done on these crazy people more so. And also, gun any firearm owner, I feel really strongly about to keep anybody else from ha- getting in a hold of their firearm. They should have trigger locks put on there and put it on their key ring at all times, just like you have your car keys, you know, because in that way they're only they're the only ones that are allowed to go and get to their firearm and be able to get a hold of it. And then that way it's always safe and you won't and they can't go and do anything about it with the uh triggers always locked. By the, so, but no hell by know, the way, those are great points. You know in this case I have seen reports that at least two of the guns were gotten legally. Remember, the person was 28 years old. We don't know yet the criminal history uh, of this individual yet, if there was any. Um, but but I, I think, 
overall, your point is a very good one that it should one. I like the trigger lock idea um, because often we're hearing in cases where she was 28, but it had that been there's cases often where you hear of teenagers who suddenly get their dad's gun or somebody else's gun. And you're right. One thousand percent. It should be a locked up. I think if somebody gets a hold of your gun and you had it laying around, I say throw the book at him. I'm hardcore. Hell, I think I think if somebody if a teen uh, there's a case in Michigan now, by the way, remember where the mother was almost like, according to reports, basically almost, oh, don't worry, son, you know, uh, don't worry about some of the comments you wanted to go after the school or whatever. And then the kid opens fire on the school. Remember that case? And they threw the book at the parents. I say throw the right. book at them. I think if you let a kid have access to your gun, shame on you and you should be held culpable, too. I I, I think that's great. And I also think searching the backgrounds, Hal, that is a really powerful point. Um, because that needs to do a better check to see what's in this person's background. Let's go to Robert in Philly real quick. Line two. Robert, your thoughts. Hi, uh, Rita. Man, BJ and Norm took all of my thunder. I agree wholeheartedly with BJ about the one good parent emphatically. And I agree with Norm emphatically about hardening the schools is the only solution. This was a biological male. I would add that for people who are going to let the Democrats hold our kids hostage to get their assault weapons banned. Um, if you think assault banning assault weapons is going to fix the problem, fentanyl is illegal. It killed 10,000 people this month. No, I you, rest my case. The great points, Robert. Great points. And listen, we have to also look at, just like you said, the hardening of the schools, I think, is really key. I think also the other point about a good parent, a good role model, there are so many things. We're going to continue the discussion, everyone. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We are going to talk about where the grand jury looks like it is headed in the New York case. This is the grand jury with the hush money claims against President Trump. And they heard from a witness today. So I'll give you my take. Uh, It looks like, in my mind, that this DA is still trying to head towards at least a vote to try to get an indictment against President Trump. But we're going to talk a lot about that later on in the hour. But first, everybody, we are, of course, talking about the terrible Nashville shooting that took place at the Covenant School, a religious school in Nashville, right next to a church. And we know now, sadly, again, six people killed, three of them nine years old. Three of them nine years old. It just it, it just turns my stomach, and it is so unbelievably heartbreaking just to hear the details. And as we're hearing more details about the shooter and the planning that went into this, um, we yet to know what was in the home of the shooter because apparently they went to the home and were checking for things there. Any other clues? They did find a map. They found a manifesto. But was there any sort of criminal background, any history with this individual? It's a 28-year-old Audrey Hale, uh, transgender, but and identifies as a woman. 
So we're going to talk about all of these aspects coming up. And in the meantime, also, so much, you know, so many emotions and so many heated comments today and just everybody talking about their perspective of what can be done to make kids safe. The Democrats just have one line, gun control, gun control, gun control. They don't seem to ever want to talk about anything else. And take a listen to this moment. A lot of people are covering it. This is a woman. Her name is Ashley Beasley. Um, she is a mom who saved her six-year-old son um, during, and it was when, remember the Highland Park, Illinois shooting took place. That was at that parade where the guy opened fire on the parade. Remember, Ralph, that's just near uh, Chicago. And this is a woman who saved her six-year-old sh- uh, son at that shooting. Uh, certainly went through a horrible ordeal herself. And there was a press conference that went on, and she jumped right in. Everybody is talking about this moment. Take a listen. Aren't you guys tired of covering this? Aren't you guys tired of being here and having to cover all of these mass shootings? Family vacation with my son, visiting my sister-in-law. I have been lobbying in D.C. since we survived a mass shooting in July. I have met with over 130 lawmakers. How is this still happening? How are our children still dying and why are we failing them? Gun violence is the number one killer of children and teens. It has overtaken cars. Assault weapons are contributing to the border crisis and fentanyl. We are arming cartels with our guns and our loose gun laws. And these shootings and these mass shootings will continue to happen until our lawmakers step up and pass gun safety legislation. I'm pretty sure this was an unsecured weapon that this teenager got a hold of. We can't even pass gun safety, like safe storage laws in this country to protect kids from getting a hold of weapons. Turns out, obviously, it was not a teenager. Originally, they did think it was a teenager. It was an individual who bought the gun, apparently two of them legally, according to multiple reports. So how did this person get a gun? Clearly, there were some warning signs. We don't know it yet, but I don't, I've don't. i covered, sadly, so many of these shootings. I was in Newtown right after the shooting happened. And you could see the writing was on the wall, clearly, in that case, where over and over again, the person had mental issues. And the family didn't want to do the right thing. They tried to at first, but then the mother was taking the kid out to the gun range in Newtown. I mean, what kind of a mother does that? What kind of a person does that? She said it calmed him to have a gun. Are you kidding me? And the gun was stored. It was supposed to be in a lockbox in the kid's bedroom. Shame on that situation. That was abominable. That was the Newtown case. In this case, we're trying to find out all the details about the weapons. We do know that there were two assault-style rifles and apparently a handgun used. We're hopefully going to get more details on them, but there are reports that two of them were legal. So how did she get the guns legally? And second of all, didn't people in her family know she had these guns? And clearly she had some mental issues. I'm sure there were warning signs. I'm sure there were red flags. And guess what? Parents and people out there, if you know somebody's a loony kazoony and they have a gun, Don't you think you need to report it and take some responsibility? Don't you think you need to say something to somebody like maybe my child shouldn't have a gun anymore? You know, especially if they're living at home and you know they have problems and you know they have guns. Not all the time do family members or other people know it. But if you do know it, shame on you. You need to start reporting it. You need to start 
looking at the greater good and the greater safety of other people and stop saying, oh, my poor son or my poor daughter. What about the poor kids at the school? And here is Rudy Giuliani earlier today. He was on with me with Katz and Cosby. John Katz and and myself host a great show on WABC every day, 5 to 6 on WABC. You can listen to it on WABCradio.com. And we had Rudy Giuliani on, the former New York City mayor, of course. And Rudy talked about how part of the problem here is that he believes many people on the left have just gotten so soft on people that were mentally ill, that had these warning signs, that allowed them to consistently get out, uh, but whether it was out of the mental institutions or just give them a slap on the wrist if they were arrested for something. We're certainly seeing that often in New York and other major cities again right now, too. Not just in the 70s, but right now we are seeing that every single day where somebody has a problem, the writing's on the wall, and that person isn't locked up. That person isn't, you know, mandatorily either taken to prison or to a mental hospital to get better. Get them off the streets. This is what Rudy Giuliani had to say earlier today. Kind of like what de Blasio and and, uh, the state legislature did to us with regular criminals. Mentally ill people who used to be in uh, hospitals by, by, by law and are now basically walking the streets. You can see them walking around, talking to themselves and acting like maniacs. Those people used to be in institutions. They were deinstitutionalized. They were supposed to be cared for in the community, and they're not. And, uh, and then we have a very hard time defining mental illness. Yeah, you have a hard time, especially if you keep letting them back out. Let's go, uh, let's go to Stan, line six. Stan, your thoughts. You want me to uh, say that uh, I'm surprised about this? No, it's another day. It's not a date. You know, this happened. We've had it before. What's new? Nothing oh, new. But Stan, I, I, and look, nothing new hang about on, it. Hang on, Stan. I, yeah. I'm not criticizing you. What I am saying is, no, and, and I don't think you mean it this way, but it should I mean it exactly as I mean it. it don't shouldn't, say I don't. No, 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 it's no, exactly no. exactly as it, it means. It's, it's another day. Uh, well, it shouldn't day. feel like as another day. As it is, it's just because if you're not going to do anything, if you're not, I let me tell you. President was right on, at least on assault weapons. Absolutely. Ban them. They banned them before. Do it again. It might have, it might have helped. It's something. Something we're talking about. Now, here's the thing. This person went into a store. He probably bought it as a man. My guess is the rifle. He bought, I, and then, whenever they had the transfer to the woman... Then he you know, had the right. But I suspect he bought, whoever bought it bought it as a Why man. Why does that matter, Stan? I don't, it doesn't. But I'm just saying it might have been easier to buy guns as a man than it would be for women. I don't know. I'm just saying maybe he bought it, whatever, and so forth. He got it. The question is, did they check this person? Did they do ID? Did they do the background check? You know, when it gets to the gun dealers, they don't give a personal crap. It don't make a difference. Sell the guns. So it has to do with the guns. No matter what you think. The gun is the gun. Now, yeah, mental problems. George Pataki was in government in the state of New York for 12 years. Check the records and see how many he let out with budget cuts and so forth. Not not Democrats, too, but budget cuts. Okay? That's why they're on the street. Giuliani is wrong. Ask Pataki how many they let out on due to budget cuts. That's just him. Democrats, too. They let them out, all of them. Okay? Stan, Stan, two things. Hang on one second, because you you filled a lot of things there. First off, when there was an assault weapons ban, guess what? 
uh, if you look at some of the statistics, shootings did not go down. Uh, and that, that is a fact. I mean, there are a number of people who have been able, reputable people on both sides who have been able to see that number. That's one. Two, um, and, and I'm all for a whole approach. I'm not saying, I certainly don't want, especially people who shouldn't have guns, to have guns in their hands. I, I, I'm one of those people, I think there should be strong background checks. I'm a big believer in that. I think if somebody doesn't have anything to hide, they shouldn't be worried about a background check. The other thing, in this case, what we're seeing now is we are seeing criminals repeatedly get out of prison. And it's not necessarily because of budget cuts. It is because that is the philosophy where they're giving person a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance. And it's not because of budget cuts. That's just the sympathy of the judges and the judicial system and depending where it happens. Um, Not every place is like that, but there's a lot of soft on crime judges. There's a lot of soft on crime DAs. And we don't know in this particular case if this person has a criminal record or not. I would be curious to find out, uh, and I think your point's a good one, where did this person buy the gun? Um, Is there a criminal record? Was there a history? I, I find it very hard to believe, Stan, in any case, and especially in a case as severe and as horrible as this, to go to a shoe, a school, an elementary school, and shoot children. I mean, what kind of a monster does that? What kind of a monster kills anybody, but let alone go into a school, a helpless, with a bunch of helpless kids? I mean, this to me is abominable. And I find it hard to believe that that person just suddenly... Uh, showed, uh, you know, uh, was a nice person the day before and then suddenly snapped. There is probably something in this person's background. And so I think we need to find out who knew there were issues. Was it reported? What was done? Because we got to also start holding people accountable. I think it also starts in the home. I think it starts in the school. I think it starts in the neighborhood. I think there's a lot of layers to it. But I think Democrats are naive to say uh, getting rid of assault weapons is, is the solution and not talking about hardening schools. That, to me, is an enormous mistake. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Stan? Don't you think we need to also look at protection in schools? Come on. Rita, uh, number one, uh, this was a Christian school, correct? Yes. I guess it's a private school because yes. the city doesn't fund it. it. They, what was their budget? Maybe they didn't give a damn up to a point. I don't know, but it's a private school. The other thing is this. Someone mentioned, I'm not mentioning his name, uh, there's over 200, 300 that mil, I don't know, million guns out there. Yeah, 350 hey, million. You can be sure that gun control would, would, at this stage wouldn't make a difference to these people. They're out there and so forth. So any form of banning, anything, at least minimally, Rita, on assault weapons that the president is saying could be helpful. You're right to some extent. The statistics, at least there's something on the record. Better to have something, even if it's not that it's there. It may stop somebody. But Stan, if they won't, if they won't talk about protecting schools and they just want to take guns away from people, that's not that. That to me is a very naive approach. It is, you know, it's like okay, well, it's like I always hear this from the Democrats every single time. It's gun, gun, gun control, and no conversation about thug. Control. I use the distinction because they're very clear distinctions. And and I think if you want to talk about gun control, at least be open to the other things. And they're not open to it. The president right away today, Stan, said, we don't want our schools to look like prisons. He already signaled, I don't want to harden schools. 
I mean, that to me is that to me is reprehensible. After this moment, look at everything. He should be saying, "We will do whatever we can to protect our kids," and anything short of that is shameful. Stan, your thoughts. Rita, what the president said with you is absolutely correct because it'll happen one day. Then nobody. He doesn't want like it. A, Stan, wait a minute. Stan, wait a he minute. does not want it. Stan, did you Rita, hear him? He said he does not want it. How many times have we talked about uh, protecting the schools and so on? It's up to the localities, the governors, the cities. But if the president, the, the president doesn't want it, Stan, the president has already signaled that that, and he is the leader of the Democratic Party, and he's already signaled the Democrats basically don't want it. So how can you really have a serious discussion about protecting your kids, our kids in general, if you're not going to look at every single solution? If you're going to suddenly say, well, we only want gun control, but we won't even basically talk about armed guards. We won't talk about these other things. We won't talk about recidivism. We won't talk about it. That to me is a hollow, hollow political talking point. And that is ridiculous at a time like this. We need to look at everything on the table and all sides need to come together because it's an American issue. Stan, but I love you. Thank you. We're going to continue our calls. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. are talking about how it's important to stop these school shootings and stop crime in America. Uh, In the next little bit on our show, we are going to be talking about President Trump because today the grand jury in New York reconvened again. Remember, they took a break for a few days last week after Bob Costello, that blockbuster witness, came forward basically showing that he had evidence that Michael Cohen was not telling the truth. So today, another witness came forward. It looks like Alvin Bragg is trying to rebut the case. And I think it looks like Alvin Bragg is still trying to go for an indictment. Where do you think the case is headed? Well, we're going to talk about that after the break. Meantime, also, by the way, President Trump also was at a rally this week, and it's his first rally since all of this stuff has percolated. And he was in Waco, Texas, had a packed rally. By the way, tens of thousands of people showed up at the rally. His poll numbers are higher than ever. Uh, He is pulling in millions of dollars in fundraising because people are saying this is a witch hunt against him by New York DA Alvin Bragg. Even liberal attorneys are saying this. And as we're talking about getting tough on criminals in general, President Trump addressed that at the rally in Waco. And he said that when he gets in again back to the White House, he said things will be different. There will not be this revolving door of justice. Take a listen. Let there be no doubt the injustices being done not only to me, but to dozens across our country will not stand and we're not going to stand for it. When this election is over, I will be the President of the United States. You will be vindicated and proud, and the thugs and criminals who are corrupting our justice system will be defeated, discredited, and totally disgraced. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. So what are your thoughts about time to get tough on criminals? And, of course, we don't know all the details in this case of the shooting in Nashville. A 28-year-old transgender identifying as a woman 
and we don't know the mental history or the criminal history of this person, but I bet there's something there. I bet there's something that was overlooked uh, because it is inconceivable to me that suddenly somebody just snapped and decided to go forward and open fire on an elementary school without a lot of warning signs. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota. Line two, your thoughts, Dom. Yeah, Rita, my prayers to those killed and to the survivors. Absolutely. Um, But really sad to see Stan blaming everybody but the shooter responsible for this horrible tragedy. That's what gets me. Remember Biden saying this a few years ago on a CNN Q&A on gun control. He said, I said, Jill, if there is ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony, put that double barrel shotgun and fire two blasts outside the house. Your problem will be taken care of. So that's the kind of guy he, he really is. So, you know, the, 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 the three people killed, three 60-year-olds and three 9-year-olds, the three 60-year-olds would have been fantastic mentors to the three 9-year-olds that would have been future leaders of the country. Yes. And I was watching ABC News uh, recently, I think it was this morning or yesterday, um, this morning about the incident. The anchor sounded more sympathetic to the killer than those dead. How, how was that, Dom? How was that? Was, yeah, I mean, like, his reasoning was because they had banned gender-affirming care in Nashville. You know? You've got to be it, kidding me, Dom. Where did you say that was on one of the networks? One of the one of the national networks. I think it was ABC. Wow. Wow. By so, the way, so, by I the mean, way. I like, is this guy really serious? That, know, I was casually, you know, turning to the channel and trying to figure out what the heck was going on. And, you know... If, if someone had sat down and talked to this shooter while she was attending this school about God and how he doesn't condemn anyone, that probably would have saved this person, you know? So, I mean, the fact that I thought, okay, somebody attending a Christian school, how would you even think about doing this? But the problem is the only thing Biden can talk about is an assault weapons ban before the dead are even grieved and buried. Yes, I, so, that's why it bothered me, Dom, exactly, that he went right for the political sphere and then said no hardening in schools, which was stunning. Let's go to Pat. Dom, thank you very much. I always love your calls. Let's go to Pat, uh, line five, real quick, Pat. Hi, Rita. Two two issues. One is a chapel that I go to has an accredited from preschool to high school. I've worked with these, so I know they're officers, they're undercover. They don't alarm the children, the children know who they are, and it's under security all the time. And the second part I want to address is... Oh, do do me a favor, Pat. I'm going to hold you over, okay? Because we're going to continue after the break. We're going to take a few more calls on this. Pat, stay with us just because we have a hard break, and I want to hear your second point. And we'll have more in just a few minutes. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a powerful story coming from Minneapolis, Minnesota, where close to 100 people filled a community center in St. Paul to celebrate Gordon Kirk on his 100th birthday. He moved to St. Paul in 1933 and has spent much of his life helping others. In the 1940s, he enlisted in the U.S. Army, serving in the Battle of the Bulge under General George Patton. 
Upon returning home, he worked to open the Twin Stars VFW in the 1960s and has worked to help veterans navigate VA claims almost ever since. He said, quote, things have changed. The whole world has changed of his 100 years on this earth. He said, quote, when I was coming up, we didn't have television. We didn't have radios. There were outhouses at that time. We didn't even have toilets. What a powerful story. And yes, things have changed, Gordon Gordon Kirk. Well, the governor of Minnesota, Governor Waltz, declared the day as Gordy Kirk Day across the state in celebration of the veteran and his many accomplishments. And Kirk said, quote, I am looking forward to seeing a couple more great years as long as the Lord will give them to me. And we hope that he's going to be around a long, long time. And beautiful to see this great member of the greatest generation, again, who survived the Battle of the Bulge, uh, being honored in such a beautiful and magnificent way. By the way, at the party, his grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and great-great-grandchildren joined him for the festivities. So, so beautiful to see all of them there honoring the great hero in their family and the great hero to America. Well, we are talking, of course, about this horrible shooting at the Christian school in Nashville, a private school that had no security. Apparently, they did have locked doors in the school, uh, but the shooter, who is a 28-year-old transgender identifying as a woman, opened fire on the door and got through the door by shooting through it. And that's how she was able to get inside. There was no security guard, though, as I mentioned, because it was a private school. And now so many discussions of what we should do to keep our kids safe. Let's go back to Pat uh, in New Jersey, Line 5. Pat, sorry, we had to cut you off. We had a break there, but go ahead. You had uh, another great point for us. Nice story that you just told, uh, Rita. Rita, the Thank second you. part, transgender. <clears throat> the reason why I say this is it's like altered states. To become a woman, if you're a man, you have to supplement your body with all sorts of hormones that can affect the mind, the body, everything that we do. So you believe maybe what, maybe some medication did something to this individual uh, in the transition? There's also, by the way, and Pat, there's also a lot of social pressures and mental pressures and a lot of issues. A lot of people who go through this, um, you know, have therapy, too, to help them with the process. So there could be something. You know, the other thing I, I thought, Pat, and it's important to talk about because it's important to get to the bottom of what happened here. Um, it was a Christian school, and there was a report, uh, the chief of police said earlier tonight, that apparently this student, she was a student there years ago, because you know, it was an elementary school, uh, didn't like going to a Christian school. So maybe she resented. Know. Maybe there was some issue with faith or some. who knows what was going on uh, in, in her mind. We don't know what goes on in the mind, but I do know, Rita, and being a woman myself, hormone level changes that we go through normally. So what happens with a man who wants to transgender into being a woman and has to take all these hormones? How is it affecting your ability to reason, think, operate? I don't know. You never know. That may have played a role, Pat. Very interesting point. Uh, Maybe something with medication, um, maybe other issues, too, that were involved, too, um, you know, even prior to this. I'm curious, um, what was the mental history? Um, it'd be interesting to hear the medical history as you bring up. 
Um, maybe there was something that was changing the hormonal, who knows? Um, also, was there any criminal history? Uh, there's a lot of things here, but you bring up an excellent point about medicines and other things, too, that who knows could have played some sort of a role. Let's go to Pete in New Hampshire. Pete, uh, what do you think was to blame here or might have caused uh, this accident, this horrible tragedy, I should say, not an accident, it was a murder? Thank you, Rita. Thank you very much for allowing me to speak on your program. Number one, it's the breakdown of the society, our current, our culture. We have to go back to the old traditions of the old school ways of thinking. Number one, when I say that, it's followed by leadership. It all goes, comes down to leadership, Laura, and it comes down to parenting. What do you our mean by is, what do you mean by parenting, uh, Pete? What What do you mean, Pete? I mean, do you mean that? Um, that what, uh, in this particular case that, uh, maybe they, this person didn't have the right leadership. Is that, is that what you're thinking, Pete? No, when I say leadership, I, I'm talking about local government and our current federal government, which is, which is, they're out, Rita, the whole thing is breaking down. Our society's breaking down. You can go into the blue collar cities and we can all point fingers and blame different people. At the end of the day, Rita, it's simply this, is that we stand by as citizens in this country, and we allow, we watch this go on every day, and it keeps on increasing. And at the same time, we all know people point fingers and blame this person, that person, this group, and that group. But at the end of the day, Rita, it boils down to one simple thing. It goes back to leadership and the moral decay of this country. I think, you know, you know what, Pete, you hit a good point in terms of the values. I think there's there's there is a moral decay. I agree. Sadly, I think um, they need good leadership and, and families, parental leadership. I also think there's a there's a devaluing of life, which is sad. And you're seeing it in young exactly. people. Uh, and that that's heartbreaking. But you see them you see them on the sometimes on these, you know, the the video games. Um, or, uh, and also they're not being held responsible when they commit crimes. There's sort of this, this moral decay, but a devaluing of respecting one another, a devaluing of, of self-responsibility, of looking inside themselves as opposed to blaming somebody else, correcting their own behavior, feeling like, well, I should be able to do that or, I, you know, I have a right to feel this way or do, you know, we have to respect other people. We have to appreciate other people. And we also have to have good role models. And good role models means teaching somebody right from wrong. And that starts in the home. You know, I I see a lot of parents who are not teaching their kids right from wrong um, and are not holding their kids accountable. And, And then it also happens at schools, too. And teachers, by the way, have a hard time because sometimes if a teacher is too heavy handed uh, then they get hauled in or look at the police. If the police are afraid to arrest people, that they're going to get called on internal affairs. I mean, there's so many layers here to this. Um, and what happened to civility? What happened to guidelines of moral ethics amongst ourselves and, and principles and values? Uh, I think you make some really excellent point, Pete. Thank you very, very, very much. And Deirdre, let's go to you real quick. Line three, Deirdre, your thoughts about this. Where is this going? Uh, how you doing, Rita? I will tell you how I believe it goes. If you're a parent, it starts out. The first thing is if you lie as a child and you get away with it, then you start stealing. Then if you get 
beyond that and you get it, then you start killing everything around you. So it starts in the home at first. And let's get it right. It started with 1999, call When that first happened, then you started seeing the copycats over and over and over again. You know, those, you know what, the, the copycats, that is a really uh, powerful point. And you're right. Kids look at this and see, oh gosh, look at the attention that that person got or, uh, look at what the and and that to me is disgusting. Sometimes that's why I even sometimes hate to say the name. I hate sometimes even giving coverage to these stories. Obviously, it's an important story to talk about beefing up security to prevent it from ever happening again. But you're right. Sometimes kids see, oh, look at what that person did. Look at all the attention or look at what. Um, and it's just it is so disgusting. But it needs to also be told in this at home uh, that this behavior is reprehensible and. You're right in the sense that it's this sort of cascading of, of, you know, you get away with this, then you get away with that, then you get away with this. Um, And obviously not everybody turns out to be like uh, somebody who goes and shoots up a school. But you need to at least see the warning signs. And there needs to be parameters at home. There needs to be guidelines at home. And if people need help, get them the help. And if they need to be locked up, they need to be locked up. Um, You can't put the rest of society in danger because of this. Real quick, let's go to Mike on line two. Mike, go ahead. Your thoughts. Hi, Rita. How you doing? We're talking about school shootings again. It's not. It's never gonna. It's not gonna end because the left doesn't want to do what they're supposed to do. Schools need security guards with armed security guards, ex-cops, ex-military. They don't want it. I don't know why. It's it's absolutely pathetic. Because we'll be talking about this again in a couple of months when another school shooting happens, unfortunately. You know, I, I hope that you're wrong. Um, but sadly, I think we will be talking about it again because they seem to be happening more and more often. But you're right. The left needs to be open to all solutions. This is not uh, some sort of one solution. Uh, get rid of the guns and don't do anything to the criminals. I mean, that that is not a way to fix this problem. It is so much more complex, and there are so many layers to this. And if you're not going to look at the history, the revolving door, parenting, uh, values, faith, um, there's so many things that need to come into play. And if they're not going to talk especially about adding armed security guards, I think there should be armed guards at every school. It's sad they have to live that way. And one entrance, one entrance only um, and armed guards in every school that are trained. And you think about had an armed guard been there now, uh, today, it could have even been even quicker. The police, thank goodness, were quick in their response. But imagine if an armed guard had been there instead. It could have been a faster response. And everybody, um, when we come back, we're also going to talk about President Trump. I want to play a little clip because he was in rare form this weekend. Uh, he has talked, of course, about making sure that criminals pay a price and that he's seeing this revolving door. He's seeing so many problems at the border. And yet he also sees a DA. And today the grand jury met again. Big developments today because the grand jury heard from another witness today. This is sort of the rebuttal witness to the rebuttal witness, if you will. Uh, But remember, the Trump team basically put up Bob Costello. So now this was the reply, the rebuttal witness to him. Basically, somebody, his name is David Pecker. He is a media executive. And you could tell that they clearly feel that Michael Cohen's 
reputation is a bit in tatters after Bob Costello came forward. So they needed to put somebody else up there uh, to try to back up something that Michael Cohen was saying, other than Michael Cohen, uh, because Bob Costello clearly was probably quite convincing before the jury. And now it looks like they are still going full steam ahead. So I think my gut tells me that Bragg is headed toward trying to get an indictment from the grand jury. This guy may be the last witness, could be even as early as, uh, you know, tomorrow or Wednesday. Wednesday's usually when they meet again. So the vote could happen as early as Wednesday. Uh, I don't think he'd throw it away. I mean, a lot of people think that he should. And I think he should based on the evidence that we've seen so far. But he just seems so determined. And take a listen. This is Trump at a rally over the weekend talking about Alvin Bragg and everything that's going on in America today. But as far as the eye can see, the abuses of power that we're currently witnessing at all levels of government will go down as among the most shameful, corrupt, and depraved chapters in all of American history. It's happening right before your eyes. But we're going to end up winning. The Biden regime's weaponization of law enforcement against their political opponent is something straight out of the Stalinist Russian horror show. And, you know, we go Stalinist Russia. That's what it was. This was where it seems to have begun from the standpoint of us watching it in semi-modern-day history. You go back to communist China or look at a third-world banana republic. That's what we've become. Between our borders, our elections, and the weaponization of law enforcement, banana republic, that's what we have become. So the fact that Alvin Bragg now put a witness for his side, and in addition to that, it looks like the jury is sort of back in motion. Do you believe he just wanted a little break after Costello? Because I don't think it was good for, obviously, the Alvin Bragg side. It sounds like he came forward and was very convincing. We had him also, uh, you know, on one of the shows, and I was talking with him with Katz and Cosby, the show I do at 5 o'clock on WABC, and we talked with him last week, and he sounded very convincing. He said, I showed the jury all these emails, all these, uh, you know, conversations, very different than what they saw, and he said, I saw the jurors, the grand jurors. He looked at them, and he said, I saw them shaking their heads and were very surprised and saying, wow, that isn't really what I've been hearing all along, and they seem to be taking it in. So, Bragg, my read is Bragg took a couple days off from the jury, gave them a break, wanted to put a little bit of time and separation from it, and then brought in this guy, not Cohen, because he didn't think Cohen could be convincing to the jury. And then he brought in this guy, hoping to bolster his case in some shape or form. So to me, the fact that he brings in a rebuttal witness says to me he is going full steam ahead. The question is, Is he going to put it to a vote maybe as early as Wednesday, maybe tomorrow some special session? But does it look like he's going to try to push for an indictment as early as this week? I think yes, uh, depending where things go, but it sure looks that way. What do you think? And obviously, I think it's an inflated charge. I think it's a weak case. Even liberal attorneys say that. But do you think that is where it's headed? The question is, the jury obviously decides it. He could say, I'm not going to put it to the jury, which a lot of people think maybe he should. Or he could send it to the jury and they either say, we'll indict, or they decide to vote it down. And then maybe he can say, well, I put it to the jury. 
I mean, maybe that's his out, even if they decide to vote it down. Do you think a New York jury, first of all, will get the case from this very politically charged DA? And do you think they will vote to indict? 1-800-848-9... The Rita Cosby Show. Another day, another witness for the New York grand jury after they took a break. To me, it looks like clearly Alvin Bragg is trying to make his case. He obviously knew there was a bit of a fumble uh, after he had Robert Costello in there who basically said, Michael Cohen's a liar and here's the proof. So you could tell that clearly Bragg was scrambling, trying to figure out, okay, well, I need another witness to counteract that. I can't have the jury stay just on the Robert Costello because then they may not indict. So he brings in this other guy who was sort of a former big media executive, and maybe it's tied to the Stormy Daniels case. There's another case, too. It's sort of this Heather McDougal case uh, where uh, there was supposed to be a story on her that never happened tied to this guy. So maybe it may be sort of peripheral, but something that they can still bring into the jury to show maybe try to present a, quote, pattern of behavior. Again, still comes down to what most people are saying is something that never even would have raised to a misdemeanor, let alone a felony. But do you think, regardless of all of this, that it looks like it is heading at least to a vote before the grand jury? And if you were on the grand jury with what you've heard so far, where would you go with this case? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. I contend it seems like a very weak case. And especially when you're dealing with the former president of the United States and the current leading candidate on the GOP side uh, for president in 2024, you better have a lock-solid case. And this one has it's basically like Swiss cheese with a whole bunch of holes on it and not even a lot of cheese. Let's go to Eddie, line two. Eddie, what do you think is going to happen now with the grand jury? Rita, Bragg is either being controlled from above or protecting his $200,000 salary. The grand jury, because it's 86% Democratic liberal in Manhattan, and they're not going to mandate it to Rochester or Long Island when Donald Trump would have a better chance. They're going to take him apart. They really are. And um, so, they, so I, when you say, Eddie, just want to clarify, you say take him apart. You believe what they're still going to vote to what indict him? You think you're not going to get a fair jury? Not not in Manhattan. How sad is that? That I, I, I hear what it, you're saying, but that's a sad reality, Eddie. I, I said to your uh, call screen, he goes, "Do you believe it's a witch hunt?" I, I said, "It's like a broomstick party." Uh, <laughs> they are, and this guy. And you know what? I, I said to you and John Casmatidis, without truth, there's no justice. Without justice, there's no happiness. And that's why you have this conversation on the radio tonight. You really do, because we know it's wrong. We really do. We know he is going to save our country from World War Three. I saw his speech in Waco, Texas, last night, the other night. And you know what? I came to tears. I, I really did. I, I was tearing because 
he doesn't have to look at the teleprompter to say what he's talking about. He really doesn't. Joe Biden's like a robot on a teleprompter. And I don't know why Stan calls in. He's so mad at you. His his wife must be a kept woman and he yells. You never hear Stan's wife call in, do you? <laughs> oh, I love you, Rita. I love you. I love you, too. And, and by the way, I love Stan, too. I love all you guys. Well, Thank I, you. I know you do. You have such patience and benevolence for everyone. You have... You have such a great heart. You really do. I, I could never see Rita mad in my life. You, you were, you're just such a great lady on the radio. And even in person, I met you. And what a sweet gal. You're, and my father had a term for that, a gal. You're, you're Thank a great you. Thank you. Guy. That makes you're me well. very happy. Eddie, you are a doll, too, my friend. You're a great guy. Great gal and great living, guy. Thank you, You're Ed. a living doll. <laughs> Thank you, Ed. You're the best. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. Let's go to Joe. Uh, Joe, am I a great gal? Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> yes, you absolutely are. You are La Bella Princesa Palaka, the beautiful Polish princess. Thank now, you. I'm going to hit you with some bombshells. It's almost mezzanotte midnight. I'm going to hit you with some bombshells. Lack of respect to distancing itself and denouncing Judeo-Christian morality that America and the rest of the West and the free world were based upon. Rejecting God, taking prayer out of school. The bottom line is, uh, 13,000 American veterans suicide every year, God figure them. 50%, two-thirds of the homeless men, American veterans. You, wait, wait, wait. Hey, but, but Joe, what are you leading to? To cause what? To cause what? The absolute destruction of a society. And as the President Trump, he's, been, he's a decent guy, okay? We know he's no choir boy, but he did the vote for the veterans, for the border, for the economy, kept us out of war. And the bottom line is this is a witch hunt that makes McCarthyism look like the liberals. This is ridiculous. And Alvin Bragg is a disgrace. He did indict the ham sandwich, and he ate the ham sandwich. Wow, wow. He had the whole lunch is what you're saying. Wow, wow, wow. Joe, a lot to chew on there and to be continued tomorrow. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.